Hi, this is Andre Rising, and you're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everybody around the world listening. Hello, London, England. Hello, North Carolina. Hello, Sacramento, California. Coast to coast as well. We thank you for tuning in today. Sports 106.1, the Sports King Show and Facebook Live. We thank you for tuning in as well. And I am beyond excited. It's that Christmas morning feel for the Sports King hopefully for you as well. Pep in my step today, excitement because in just about 10 hours from now, uh, we're looking at uh, fortunes of teams being changed. Our teams, the complexity of your team could be changed tonight. It will be changed tonight. A lot is going on, and we've got a big show for you today. Coming up in just a few minutes, Dave Butts, one of the 70 greatest Redskins. Man, yesterday I talked to him. I had to stop him because he had so many great stories. I didn't want him to all be told yesterday. I wanted to save some for you because I could just listen to these guys forever. Of course, Joe Theismann on yesterday. I uh, thought we'd be on for about a half an hour with Joe. Ended up an hour and a half, and we really enjoyed Joe. Of course, he has a brand-new book coming out, and we just uh, could not be more thankful. He really said, uh, sent us a note, very nice note, saying he really enjoyed being on the show and really enjoyed going down memory lane. And we enjoyed it just as much as Joe did yesterday. So today in hour one, Dave Butts, we're also going through the draft. Uh, my outstanding producer, Ben Maitland, has been working tirelessly, putting together some vignettes of the top NFL players. So he'll also put a link there so you can actually listen to. And when we go to commercial breaks, you can listen to, if you're not listening now live, uh, on the radio, Sports 106.1, or watching us, you'll be able to hear and tune in and hear the vignettes of the top players in the draft. So this is a, a great day for us because we're returning to something we love and know, and we cannot wait for tonight. Uh, 8 to 12, guess where I'll be? Yeah, I'll be there watching every single minute of it. And I am so excited because day 43 without sports, it's just unbelievable. It uh, It's like the Groundhog Day thing, like the movie, over and over and over. And we've been uh, looking for something to hang our hat on, looking for something to be excited about. And tonight at 8 o'clock, as I said, the draft right here on Sports 106.1, it's going to be from 8 to midnight. That's tonight, but today on the Sports King Show. Yesterday we had Joe Theismann, 
and we talked to Mark Mosley and Joe Theismann. Well, you can't put those two guys together without our next gentleman that's going to join us. And, of course, the stories yesterday that I heard from him, I had to stop him because they're so good. Uh, he could write a book, and I hope he does, because when the Redskins were in their heyday and things were going so great, you had, of course, the defensive player of the year, Dave Butts. 1983. You had the NFL MVP in 82 and Mark Mosley, the NFL MVP in Joe Theismann in 83. Three of the greatest cornerstone players ever rode to the game together. And we're going to get into that right off the top as we welcome Redskin legend and a guy that uh, we could listen to. And uh, I tell you the stories, Dave, you tell us, uh, we, we never tire of hearing them. Welcome to the sports King show. How are you doing? How's your family? Hey, everything's doing very well, Jamie. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, we heard some things yesterday. We want to set the record straight. Feisman says that uh, in these trips to the stadium, which were epic, of course, it was you who had a pregame superstition where you would. No, it was a ritual. (laughs) Ritual. Okay, ritual. That you would look for folks, and we want to make sure you understand. Joe said this yesterday. Dave didn't oh, kill animals. He looked for animals that had already expired on the road, and he would find different ones. And Joe said yesterday that uh, he almost equated Dave's performance on which animal he'd hit on the way in. And he said he would be in the back seat, and he'd hear a little thufoon. And then Dave would let out a noise of whatever it was, and uh, he knew that he'd have a great game that day. Dave, how did this happen? How did it come about? I don't know. It, uh, it, it, it it was going on for years and years and years. Every time we ran over a dead animal, we won. So we uh, every once in a while we get worried that we wouldn't uh, find any. But uh, I would drive mostly. Would drive in the captain's seat, and then um, Joe would be on the back bench seat looking through Sports Illustrated, Washingtonian, uh, and Sports Illustrated to see if he. Uh, see if he was in the magazine <laughs> and uh, I would take them down and they would go home with their wives and then they would bring my wife down. And then that's how we all went home. Uh, Mark drove one time and almost got us killed. And um, he was looking off to his left for a long time. The traffic come to a stop and I'm very, a very good peripheral vision, but I mean, I wasn't looking there for long because, you know, you're supposed to be driving. And uh, we came right up on this uh, this car going quite fast. And I still remember the time of speeching, and I looked over at him after we stopped, and I said, you will never drive again. And he never did. <laughs> you Now, here's I, I a story. I wouldn't let him drive home from Carlisle. Oh, my gosh. Now, here's a story. Thysma says... He said, no, Dave was tough on Mark because uh, Mark would like to listen to certain stations or listen to songs or something, maybe a country song or a pop song, whatever, and he would fiddle with the station, and Dave would directly and quickly turn it to another station. He said he didn't know if you are just doing this to be mean to him or you just didn't want him touching your stuff. Well, first of all, he'd be down in Polo Cologne, which upset me highly, you know. Uh, have one person smell like a drum of a uh, polo cologne. And, uh, you know, if you're driving, if you're driving, if you're doing driving all the time, you know, the radio's who's ever the driver. And uh, he would touch it, and I, and I would tell him, I said, don't touch my radio. And uh, that's the way we got that straightened out. And you said he didn't have to do anything anyway. He just did 
kicking. That was it. So what what did he have just to do? Just sit right? there. Don't <laughs> fiddle with anything. Keep the door locked. You know, I didn't have kid locks at that time. And uh, just sit there, and uh, all you got to do is kick. Don't worry about anything. You know. Don't worry. Don't worry about a thing. So I asked you yesterday who had the better hair, Mosley or Theismann, and here I'm looking at you as that defensive guy that probably didn't give uh, a big flying flip about the hair aspect. But those two guys, uh, what do you think? Who had the better hair? Oh, Mark kept his hair immaculate and uh, well perfumed. Uh, you know, he would brush that thing. Uh, I can remember in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, one night. It's about what three uh, o'clock, two thirty in the morning. The hair's like this. I said, "Damn, there's a moth!" And I finally wake up enough, open my eyes enough. Uh, Mosley was sitting there uh, brushing his hair in the dark. Uh, he was sleepwalking, brushing his hair. And I go, so he- ah, "Damn, Mark, get to bed." He wakes up in the middle of the night. Not sleepwalking, sleep brushing. He's brushing his yep. hair in the middle of the night. He's in front of the mirror. He's got his eyes shut. And he's sitting there. I think he had his eyes shut. It was pretty dark. And uh, he was just sitting there brushing his hair. So Mark Mark cared a lot about his hair. Now, you said there was one night where he woke up and started sleepwalking towards you, and you yelled at him? Well, yeah, he um, he frequently talked a lot and uh, or mumbled stuff. But one night... Made, let out with this loud yell, and the, and the sheets went all the way up. I mean, like, he flew them up almost to the ceiling and took two more steps towards my my cot, and I said, Mark, one more step, and I'm going to drop you. <laughs> and he woke up. So I, I, I've got to ask you. That. One more ask step, you this. I'm going to drop you. One more step, you're going to take him out. I've got to ask you this. The dynamic of you and Theismann. I mean, you told me yesterday during games that you very rarely, you talk to Charles Mann, we'll get to that in a minute, if you had a certain play that you noticed, you'd say something to Charles, but you said, I didn't want to bother him because he was into his thing and I was doing my thing and I was focused on what I was doing. So you're uh, a guy that did the action without the words, and then you've got Joe, who's the opposite. How did you two work it to where you didn't talk, but Joe talked? How did you guys coexist in that world? Well, I mean, Theismann, uh, as you know, um, how long do you talk on your show? Hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah. Uh, Joe Theismann never met a mic he didn't like. He, <laughs> that boy has, has can, can keep going sometimes without breathing or swallowing. Wow. Wow. He's well, amazing. let's look at – he is amazing. Let's uh, look at this uh, tonight, of course, something to be excited about. Uh, the NFL draft, 8 o'clock. Your son, who is an NFL agent, we'll get into that in a little bit, but you told me yesterday, it's 1973 draft, folks. Dave Butts, uh, highly uh, respected, and, uh, of course, so much so he was the fifth pick in round number one, a top pick in the 73 draft. And he told me that the signing bonus and the uh, payout to you at that point wasn't quite what it is going to be tonight. Uh, talk about that seventy-three payout. No, uh, I signed for a twenty thousand uh, dollar signing bonus and a twenty-three thousand dollar salary. And uh, about, uh, I guess, twelve years ago, my son is an NFL certified agent. And one of the things he said, he said, "Dad, one of the best things you ever did was name me Dave Butts, because uh, all the uh, general managers uh, remember that." 
and he gets he gets a little bit uh, extra well, favors from him and stuff like that. So um, it uh, he says, Dad, hey, guess what? You know what the guy signed for the first round, fifth pick? I said, No, Dave. I said, well, What was? It? He says he signed for eleven thousand dollars signing bonus and uh, you know a million dollar salary. And I said, Is that without a bruise? And he said, Yeah. And I said, Dave. From now on, don't ever tell me what the fifth round gets. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and I, I had that number, but I I respect you far too much. I'm not going to tell you, but uh, inflation has kicked in quite a bit. And the money that the fifth pick will get tonight, I'm telling you, sometimes you think, hey, if I'd have been born here or there, but uh, unfortunately. Uh, well, he said, he said, Dad, if, if, I, if I were to sign you, and of course, you know, a lot of things have to be different. If I were to sign you, your 16 career, he said, I could retire on just your career alone. Because they only get 3% of what the uh, ball players get, the agents do. Agents are extremely worthwhile and protect the players. I had somebody ask me about you coming on. They were like, what what about him uh, made him so special to you? And I said, well, you got to look at a lot of things about Dave Butts. When I watched the film back in the day and watched you as, you know, I got into coaching later, I always watched – key players and what they did, what made them great. And the thing about you, a lot of times went unnoticed but didn't by Redskin fans. You could always pencil uh, you into every game. Number 65 always was there. In 16 years, you missed four games. The fact that you were always dependable, I know you took a lot of pride in that. Well, the reason why I missed so many, uh, I had a severely sprained ankle and asked Bubba Tire. Bubba gave me a bunch of grief about putting extra tape on it, but while I was still playing on this uh, sprained ankle, I could still feel it uh, tear. And um, we had socks that fit up the size fit, uh, 16, you know, the tubular socks. Um, I had a show to do in Frederick with Mark Mosley. Uh, we would go there on a Monday and do a show, and... I took a, a 16 size, 16 sock, cut it in half, and it was so swollen up that I couldn't even fit that sock over my foot. So that's how swelled up it got. And then I uh, threw my back out after that. So that's why I missed those games. And I believe I missed one other game for food poisoning that uh, we got from the plane. I don't eat the day of the game because it's just it, – Everybody says you should. You should have something. But, you know, when you get so excited, it's hard to keep things down. And um, I was get on the plane to eat, and I was hungry because I had not eaten. And I got to thinking, boy, this hamburger tastes weird. I looked down at it and had a bunch of green specks on it. I was the only guy that got food poisoning, uh, the whole whole group. A bunch of them got sick, but I was the only one that got uh, full-blown food poisoning. So... I missed the game for that, too. When you look back at your Redskin career, and, of course, 14 magnificent years, you're beloved to this day in the Washington community. You're uh, outside of St. Louis now in that area. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Skins fans? I mean, they just absolutely, when they found out you were going to be on the show today, uh, we heard so much feedback about it and said, hey, we just love Dave Butts. That mutual love well, you've, you've, you've had for the fans as well. Yeah, I, I was um... – I had two different types of stomach parasites on Saturday night, which is the night before a game. Uh, if you remember in The Exorcist, a uh, girl that, uh, that um, 
a bunch of green stuff came out of her mouth. I had a, just a simple drink of water shot out of my mouth. Uh, Dr. Nolan met me at the Fairfax Hospital in the front of the thing. I had my wife drive me down there, went in, and they found out that I had two different types of stomach parasites. I went from 315, which is the body fat of 7.6. So I went from 315 to the 285 in the span of one week. And they found out that I was dehydrated. When they came in, they brought this pump in, pumped fluid back in my veins. Well, the pump wouldn't pump the fluid fast enough. So they went and got a 16-gauge needle. I was getting a quart of fluid an hour. Well, from 9 o'clock that night until 9 o'clock the next morning, I received 11 quarts of uh, fluid intravenously. Told Dr. Nolan to get somebody pull these things out of my veins that we're going to go play in the game. Went played in the game, checked the quarterback, kept him out of field goal range, got a game ball, and went back to the hospital and received another eight quarts of fluid intravenously. Wow. So, And there's, there's times, too, uh, I had uh, Mark was my roommate for quite a while, about seven to eight years, and um, a lot of people don't know what ball players go through. Uh, there was one time that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't bend over and put my own shoes on. Mark had to put my shoes on for me in time. I met Stephen Blood, who is an awesome osteopath in Alexander, and uh, he worked on my back and allowed me to go ahead and play in a game game against Dallas at home and nobody knew that I couldn't even put my own shoes on in time. Wow. Unbelievable. And Dave Butts, so our special I guest. I played for the fans. It's not, that long story is I played for the fans. I was paid to play and uh, the best people, uh, best fans were in D.C. Absolutely. And Joe talked about yesterday about the the games against Dallas when the actual uh, field was vibrating with the fans jumping up and down there and the emotion, the excitement of those experiences. Of course, Dave Butts, yeah. one of the 70 greatest Redskins of all time. And when you look I back also made at your the 40th, 40th team to 40th, the 40th. Absolutely. And when you look at your career, uh, the pro bowl, the, the uh, defensive Oldest player, of the year award, the pro bowl. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't understand uh, with your career, 14 years, as dominant as you were. I think because you were so effective, often getting double and sometimes triple team, the fact that you clogged the middle up and you were so great at what you did as far as run stopping and pressuring the quarterback uh-huh. third at one point in terms of the all-time list of sacks for the Redskins, that it almost got to a point, and I hate to say this, but I think or a lot of writers and people voting we're like, yeah, he's just consistent, consistent, consistent. But it was like without you in the middle doing what you did, as we talked about yesterday, Dexter couldn't do all the things he did. And Charles Mann, you definitely helped those guys as well. So your play in the middle, I felt, really was underrated throughout your career. Yeah, you could be uh, – if you've got somebody extremely consistent in the middle and shutting stuff off, you can have your hands do a lot more, take a lot of more uh, – I guess daring moves than than you can otherwise. In fact, um, I was basically a team player. I mean, I could I could see Dexter one time just making a hard inside rush. Well, the whole the whole defense was set up for the rush to come from the opposite side, and he was to stay for out outside containment. And I saw him come inside. Well, I just stopped, went straight down the line, 
and force the quarterback out of out of bounds on the other side because that's the way the defense was designed. So you know, we saw a lot going on. Um, I have uh, once you get your knee hurt. <laughs> I got my knee hurt my sophomore year and <laughs> a sophomore year, my second year in the league, and um, it's amazing what your mind can do for you. It can help you or hinder you and. Uh, this guy had no chance of catching his quarterback, and this guy threw a block, and he came to the sidelines, and they moved the knee over here, they moved it over there, and then he said, you're, you're done. And I was wondering where they went when they went inside, and they, yep, they go inside and they put you on a table. And, uh, again, it's amazing what your mind can do. I finished up on an X-ray my second year in the league with the St. Louis Cardinals on my left side, and I went to roll off, and I watched my knee from my knee down, fall 90 degrees sideways off the x-raying table. I made some kind of human animal noise, and a nurse turned around, picked my leg up, and put it back on the table because I couldn't do it. And then I went on to play 197 games straight that nobody ever knew I was never supposed to be out there. Wow. Unbelievable. What a great uh, story in terms of your durability. I mean, the fact that you were so depended on by the fans and the team and you always showed up and in your career, four games missed, uh, 216 played, just amazing. We want to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to talk about your greatest memories in terms of the Redskins. What stood out to you of all the accolades? We'll find out that we come back uh, after this commercial break and we want to go to break. We've got a vignette about tonight's draft. This is Yatur Gross Matos from Fredericksburg, Virginia. He played for Penn State. You want to listen to this as we head to break about tonight's draft. This kid should go early. We'll be right back with the great Dave Butts right after these messages. Yitor Gross Matos, defensive end, Penn State. Back to pass. Pressure. Steps off. Hit. Down he goes. Back on the six-yard line. Yitor Gross Matos. Gross Matos was a two-year starter for the Nittany Lions, leading them in sacks and tackles for loss in both campaigns. He's a long and limber athlete with the speed to turn the corner. He has room to grow physically and improve technically. Hi, this is Andre Collins, former Washington Redskin and Super Bowl champ. You're listening to Jamie King on the Fort King. Fort 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. The Sports King Studio line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. 
Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback, Alabama. Tua has time, unloads a slant, caught. He is off to the races. Devontae Smith, there's touchdown pass, 79. Touchdown, Alabama! Tua owns the most infamous hip in recent NFL history, and coupled with multiple ankle injuries, the health concerns are legit. But when full strength, Tua is a true dual-threat QB who has played on the biggest stages. Great vision, quick and compact release, and elite accuracy, as evidenced by 76 touchdowns and just nine career picks. And when all else fails, he can run. And that's Tua Tungalavoa, easy for me to say here on the Sports King Show. Welcome back. We are rejoined by Redskin legend number 65. Folks, he was the best. He did it all for the Redskins, led us to two Super Bowls, and a great uh, champion throughout his career. He appeared uh, throughout his 16 career, only missing four games. Just unbelievable. Over 200 games played, four games missed, durable, and he was such a tactician. And Dave, as you rejoin us, the thing that I always loved about your game was you were a thinking man out there, and you were always able to pick up little nuances about the opposition guys rocking back, maybe their foot stance a little different. You were able to read things, and you put a lot of time in the film study, and you said that was some of the things that uh, brought about your great results was the fact you were so prepared in your opposition, you knew what they were going to do. Well, I told you a little wrong yesterday. I said I watched five film, which is incorrect. I watched four film on the person that I was going to play. If I watched more than four film, if I watched five, then self-doubt would come in. But I would, um, it's just like hunting another person. Uh, and the people get a little weird about that, but no, it is. You, you <laughs> see them on film, you see what they're doing, you see what their hand placement is, you see how they approach in line. Uh, you see the online where the feet are placed when they're pulling and all this kind of deal. So, I would watch four film. The other thing I would do, we're a four-down defensive line. We primarily played the 4-3, and uh, we would um, watch the film four times for each because there's two tackles and two ends, and we would watch that four times for every play, and we would be graded on it by Torgy Torgerson. Then after Monday night, after Monday's uh, track and field, they made us run like hell after a game. Uh, we, I would go up and watch the film and let the film just run and watch me, watch myself like I was going to play myself. In other words, I would line up again, pretend I was going to line up against me. I tried to be as generic as I possibly could every time, every way. But uh, there's different things. What made me go from a stance that is a three-point to a four-point? Why did I get so low? What did I see? What tipped me off for doing that? I would watch them even in the huddle, and the guard and the tackle normally were together, and they they would have their backs to us, and I'd watch the guard and the tackle. They would bump each other on the leg, and I would look at Charles. Man, I said, Charles, get ready. I'm going to get double team, and the tackle and the guard would tackle would come really down hard on me, and I'd stand it up right there. Carl would come off that tackle. Uh, Products and just splatter the back. And when I told him that, I was never wrong. The other thing I picked up on OJ when he got a little bit older, he started to cheat. He'd lined up in the eye formation. And I noticed watching it film that if he was going to run to the outside, he'd cheat half a shoulder to the outside. 
if he was going to follow his lead back up in the I formation, he'd get right behind him. So I had watched that several times, and it was so true and never failed that actually on the Redskins, we were playing him, uh, I think, about the 35-yard line, and the play was going to my left. Um, and I actually saw this. So when the ball was snapped, I didn't go upfield. I went out left towards the sideline and helped make the tackle. And the lead back, he actually have it on film, has, comes up with his hands, both hands up in the air, looking around like, where is that 315-pound guy? So uh, <laughs> that was funny. I enjoyed that. I, I tell you, you sat on the same spot of the far right of the bench area. It was like right. your spot. And you had a methodology to that. And I always was amazed because – you didn't do the rah-rah stuff. You were pretty much, you went out, you did your business, you came back. It wasn't something where uh, it was so much your, your your game just spoke volumes because you were so businesslike in your approach, but you always sat in the same spot and you did the same right. thing and you just had a real mastery of watching and learning the opposition and the intelligence in which you played the game. I don't think people understand. Did, the reason why I did that was because I cannot help the offense from the sidelines, but what I can do is consider what they are doing to me and what I have to do to them to win. So I was always going, they've done this, done that, and you um, you review stuff so that if it ever happens again, you can react a lot quicker to it. My, uh, my niece was, uh, was a bartender. She's real tall and blonde, very, very pretty girl. And uh, she was... Uh, doing a bartending thing, and um, this guy from the Green Bay Packers came up to her said, um, do you want to see a Super Bowl ring? And she said, no. She says, my uncle has three of those. He goes, oh, yeah? Who's your uncle? And she said, Dave Butts. She said he dropped his head, and he he said, we used to change our offense when we played the Redskins because of him. And that's an honor. That is an honor. And Best many, uh, many, compliment I ever got from another ball player was from Joe Green, meeting Joe Green. He, I was doing teaching the East West Shrine game, and he came up to me and he said, "Dave, I'm Joe Green." I said, "Yes, sir, I know who you are." And he says, uh, "It's wonderful teaching the old school." He says, "I tried this three four. We tried the three four. He says there's over seven different combinations of people that could fit you on one play." He says, my hat goes off to you. He says, you know, we tried I couldn't do it. He says, nobody played the 3-4 better than you and Bill. And I said, well, thank you, sir. That's a hell of a compliment. Wow. That is an amazing compliment from one of the greatest to ever play the game, me, Joe Green. We want right. to switch gears uh, to a story about a frozen squirrel. Now, folks, huh. We going back to the rides into the stadium. Of course, Dave yep. uh, had to had to famously run over uh, roadkill, uh, and that determined how he might play for that game. Talk about this frozen squirrel story. Oh, by the way, I got hate mail for running over dead elves. But anyhow, well, they um, were dead, Dave. Well, you didn't kill them. Yeah, you it was just dead. it was dead. Yeah. So, uh, but I still got hate mail. Um, <laughs> so we found out, or we I found out that the NFL Films was going to follow. Joe Theismann around for all week and, uh, you know, and gonna, we, I had a Chevy Noband van, so there was two captain seats and a bench seat and then there was room in the back. So, uh, that I found out that the 
they were going to be filming it. And I told Bob Titchenell, there's only one Bob Titchenell in Frederick, Maryland. I said, Bob, I'm a little bit worried that we won't have <clears throat> we won't be able to do our normal thing, you know, about a about a squirrel, uh, not a squirrel, but an animal to, to run over because they're going to be filming him the whole time. So we're going down GW Parkway, and it's only four lanes at that time. And we come across this blue van, and there's about six guys behind it, Bob Tishnell and uh, Atlee and a couple other guys and, uh, in the back, and they're all kind of like holding their hands over their mouth. And, going, and, and I didn't know about I didn't know. Bob just said he'd take care of it. I didn't know what Bob was going to do. He just said he'd take care of it. Bob said he took care of it. Uh, Bob's going to take care of it. And uh, so we're there behind this old blue van, and they're all sitting there. And about 150 yards down the road, there's a sign, a yellow sign, a diamond sign with a squirrel on it upside down. You know, uh, it's a yellow sign and the squirrel nicely written, by the way. And um, another 150 yards down where the where the pavement meets the side of the road, there's this squirrel frozen, fox squirrel frozen in a running position. And um, so we go along and I move over to the side and I go, doot, doot. And we keep on going. Nobody said anything. Then the cameraman in the back, you can hear him turn off the camera. And he says, uh, I don't think we can show that on public TV. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, um, I'm sorry you got the hate mail. I mean, they were already expired. I know that some right. people may not understand it, but it, uh, hey, we won a lot of ball games with you guys doing that. So, won you know, a lot of ball games. Absolutely, and a lot of, uh, thank goodness, or a lot of roadkill in that uh, way to the RFK. Let's go back now. You've got two Super Bowl championship rings, Pro Bowls. You've been don't the, forget uh, about the runner-up, though. The runner-up, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't don't forget about that. Three Nobody Super loses Bowl on the Super Bowl. There's a winner and there's a runner-up. Nobody right. loses. I, I I don't like that year because that, that team was so great. That's one of the things as a fan. I just looked at that team, and, man, it, it was just a sad day for us because and you guys as well because you worked so hard. What a great year that was. Um, but of all the accolades you received, the player of the year on defensive side of the ball, 83, uh, the greatest Redskin, all the things you've done, the Super Bowl championships, what has meant the most to you in your career in terms of the one honor that you really appreciate more than any other? Oh, this is in NFL or just uh, football? Yeah, just in football in general. What would be the uh, one? I think, I think the, uh, the, the I've said this many times. I, I say uh, playing in the East West Shrine game for uh, crippled children. Um, I was standing up against the wall next to this bed, and these little people were coming in, a uh, 16-year-old boy with uh, – Seat belts in this wheelchair. I can still remember that. Uh, kids coming in that had to stay on their, um, could only be on their stomach on stretchers and holding up a pen and paper, not as you and I would do it, but through their fingers and stuff. And it was just a, uh, such a shock for me. Here's guys that could literally, literally run with the wind and pick up the average human being and throw them around. And here were these little people from, Shriners crippled, so crippled that they couldn't even hold up a, a pen and paper. That that has uh, I can I can almost be there in a second. You know, I still remember wow. that. That was the biggest thing. 
And the other thing for the Redskins was achieving uh, four George Allen Awards uh, from the Washingtonian Club. Uh, that was quite an honor because nobody ever received three, let alone four. Wow. When you look at your coaches uh, that played such a role in your development, George Allen, of course, a great coach and great coach in general, and then the great Joe Gibbs can you talk about both uh, in brief in terms of what they meant to you, not only as coaches but as men? Well, back in the we were uh, I was seeing adults because I didn't have any I didn't have any place I didn't go down to Georgetown or didn't do any of that stuff. So I was eating at the Dallas Marriott back in the days when they had paper mats underneath their plate, and uh, George would come in from late meeting. He would uh, move my plate over and take the mat. In fact, I still have it. Uh, he would write down about seven things that I have to do to improve. I had to do to improve. I still have that uh, mat, and he signed it to our gentleman. He also sent a uh, rolling pen to, to my wife, and he signed it to uh, candy butts to use for motivation on day butts as needed. <laughs> but it wasn't just a regular rolling pen. It was one that had ball bearings in it. I mean, the guy was classic. Wow. Um, wow. Gibbs, uh, on the other hand, said, you know, just be patient. And uh, he was more offensively minded than defense, although he stuck his head in the huddle. Uh, with defense, uh, we were we were pretty uh, pretty good group. Um, the, uh, the less errors you made, the more effective you are uh, anywhere and doing anything, business or whatever. And um, you, you've got to you've got to maintain uh, the ability to. Be consistent. You know, you don't. <clears throat> my coach, right. uh, my um, Tony Mason from Purdue University, taught me triangular reading, which is the center to my right, the guard in front of me, and the tackle. And he taught me the different combinations of uh, them trying to block me and things like that. He says, never take a playoff. The time you take the playoff is when they're going to hit your hole. And that that's pretty darn, darn true. You're exactly right. Our special guest is Gibbs Dave Butts. a great motivator. Our, 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 our offense in the beginning was not – we had a very our, – our defense was extremely complex. It was brought over from Lombardi. Our offense would be run to left, run to right, run up the middle, and then kick. And uh, Joe brought tremendous innovation to the offense that, uh, you know, Stop that, uh, you know, left, right, or right, left, whichever way you start, and then up the middle. He stopped that and made the game exciting and fun, and uh, made uh, got players that, uh, you know, Joe Jacoby, Russ Grimm, Jeff Bostic, uh, Mark May, and so on. That um, Rigo, um, you could walk on the field and, and feel you had a chance of beating anyone. The Redskins' uh, dominance uh, through the 80s and 90s, and, of course, you there for 16 years as a player, 14 with the Redskins, uh, all the things you did. We're going to talk more as we head uh, to break here. Of course, we're in uh, uh, draft day preparation tonight, 8 o'clock, the NFL draft. We're going to talk more. Are they going to uh, pump the uh, booze in when he gets up and announces <laughs> Yes, I think they're going to pump the booze in for Roger Goodell. We can all booze him. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the booze will be coming in for Roger Goodell tonight. Look around, like, hey, where's the booze? 
<laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, Bud Light has a promo that if you boo him and take a video of yourself booing him, you can win a prize. Uh, uh, of course, uh, they're trying to pipe that in, I guess, tonight for the draft. That'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. We're going to go to break. We're going to hear about Jerry Judy, outstanding wide receiver, before we go to break here. And uh, take a listen to this as he's a top prospect at Alabama. We'll be right back with the great Dave Butts after these messages. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. To the end zone. Caught on the far side. Touchdown, Alabama. Jerry Judy with redemption in front of the Judy is one of the more polished college receivers in recent memory. He's quick off the snap and has top-end speed, is a great route runner, and catches everything. His production dipped a bit in 2019, but still produced his second consecutive 1,000-yard season. Hey, guys, this is Tress Waypunter for the Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 106.1. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson. Deals will take the shotgun snap, wants to throw. Looks, throws, and that ball's going to be picked. He got picked off by Isaiah Simmons. The second interception against Fields. On it, Simmons reads that the entire way from his safety position. We'll call him a linebacker, but Simmons also had safety and cornerback responsibilities for the Tigers. Simmons is so versatile because he's a freak athlete, able to make plays sideline to sideline. Nearly 200 tackles, four picks, and four forced fumbles over the last two seasons. And we welcome you back to this draft day special on the Sports King Show. Our special guest, uh, Dave Butts, Redskin legend. And, folks, his college career, let me tell you, he was a great one. In the College Football Hall of Fame 2014, played, of course, um, his career at Purdue University in Boilermaker. And talk about that time uh, leading into the draft and so forth. At what point after high school into your college career did you say, you know what? I think I could do this for a living. How did I know you had the size and so forth? But when did things really click for you to where you felt you'd sophomore, be able to make? I was six six uh, two sixty five as a sophomore in high school, and uh, Marv Nyron put his hands on my shoulder and was looking up at me and said, "Dave, you should consider the pro career. You have the size and speed as most pros right now." And then that, that really changed a lot for me. Uh, my grades got better. I uh, studied harder and um, had a goal that I wanted to achieve. So from my sophomore year on, everything that I did, uh, eat, said, or whatever, um, was geared. I went out to, uh, for football to learn football. I went out for basketball to cover a smaller person. I went out to uh, track to build up uh, weights again for football. So everything... We had uh, offers from I think about 123 different schools to play in there. I was two-time uh, All-American also 
in basketball. And I scored fifteen hundred points, uh, one hundred and twelve letters of uh, one hundred twenty-three letters uh, for to college, and the only one that I kept was uh, from the University of Kentucky, Coach Rep. He signed it in blue ink. He wanted me to come and play basketball for him, forward for him. That time I was six six two eighty, giving a new meaning to the word power forward. And uh, okay, now see, this is something I didn't know. Fifteen hundred oh, yeah. points. And All-American in basketball, Dave Butts, I've got to see some film on this. Uh, what was your game? Was it, i got to imagine, just banging guys down low and power game nope. around the rim? Did you have a, a game no, where you outside, it inside? It was actually finesse. finesse. Dave Butts, played, finesse? Yes, I played, oh, I don't, hackball was not basketball. Uh, I played three games as a freshman, then went to junior varsity, and then played in the playoffs uh, as a freshman. I got so nervous, uh, I scored a point for the other team. Uh, they were shooting a free throw, and I grabbed that ball and put it right back up in there. Yep. Uh, so wow. nervous that I scored a point, two points for the other team. Um, from my sophomore year on, I never lost a jump ball. Um, I could backhand stuff a ball in junior high. And wow. um, so uh, the, that the square on top of the backboard, I could, I could jump up at that time and jump up and hit that. So I could actually get a ball, throw it out, and be down at the other end to put the ball in. Um, wow. I enjoyed basketball. I enjoyed the finesse of it. Um, my shooting percentage within four feet of the rim was 76.3, something like that. Wow. Heck, so, man, if you'd have went to um, Kentucky, we could be talking about you as a Washington Bullet, so that could have been a whole different, uh, whole yeah, different well, story. There was too many elbows in both the rim. I'd rather, I'd rather play down to earth more. I got you. Hey, in our final yeah. few moments, um, with the pandemic and the virus and the situation of life changing as it has, how has it affected you? What have you missed the most, and uh, what are your thoughts about things in the current state? Well, I think this is, um, I think uh, if it's not man-made, I'm sure it's man-enhanced man uh, type of deal. It, it stays uh, dormant or hidden for five weeks before you really actually know, and now they just came out on the news this morning saying that uh, the people from the 30 to 50 group, it, it uh, affects them having strokes later on which is uh, we're going to be dealing with this for quite a while, and the different ramifications are probably yet to be seen. Um, I think the World Health Association took too damn long saying it was a pandemic, and uh, I, uh, I think it, it got the best of us um, too quickly. Uh, the only thing I can say that might be good out of this, and you you, um, you can't say that on all the deaths that happened, but uh, maybe now that we'll keep ourselves uh, supplied with ventilators and masks and, and uh, have those on board and have them ready to go rather than waiting on somebody else. And I hope to God we bring our manufacturing of all our medical needs uh, out of China and back to the United States because this is a, a prelude or this could be just a test of something else that might come out of one of their labs. Gotcha. And we certainly hope that's not the case. Hey, under a minute to go, got to ask you one question. Now, be honest about this. Do you ever 
when you're out on the highways and byways and you see that particular maybe uh, <laughs> expired animal, do you, for old time's sakes, be honest in this answer now, do you veer over and give a little thud to it? Uh, depends on if there's nobody in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Listen, I tell you what, it has been an honor having you, Dave Butts. We well, always love you. hearing from you. And I got to ask you this. Please come back and write some of these stories down because we got we got to get you back. There's so much we haven't even uncovered in, in terms of stories you have, and I just can't oh, wait. Yeah, I love listening like to the you. Time, the time that uh, I'll just prelude this a little bit, the time that Bob Tichinello and I burned up on the – highway uh i pulled around this car and i looked to my right and i see all this white smoke and i'm driving along and i you know i said uh bob do you think we're on fire and he gets up in his seat he looks at me and he looks out the window and he yells out you couldn't see the uh you couldn't see the mirror nor could you see the silver uh holding the mirror on uh, side mirror on, so that was Dave, another story for another time. We'll get you, we'll get you on back on that one. Thank you so much, Dave. We got to go to break. Dave Butts, what a legend. We thank you so much. This is Trent Murphy, number ninety-three from the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Jamie King and Sports King on Sports One Hundred Six One. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. It's time for the Joe Moglia Report with former Coastal Carolina head football coach and chairman of TD Ameritrade. With daily and weekly insights on football, leadership, and financial advice from one of the top business leaders in the world today. Now direct from Coastal Carolina University, let's join Joe Moglia and the Sports King for the Joe Moglia Report. And we welcome you back on this draft day edition of the Sports King Show. And, of course, we want to thank Dave Butts, the outstanding defensive tackle, one of the greatest Redskins of all time, for joining us. The last thing he said before he hung up was, you guys wash your hands now. So, hey, we love Dave Butts and all his stories. We thank him. And another guy we love, uh, folks, the best in terms of finance, football. He does it all. Renaissance man. We love him. You know who he is. It's the Joe, Mog- Joe Mowgli Report and brought to you by Coastal Carolina University exclusively here on Sports 106.1. Coach, right out of the gate, how are you and your family doing? How's your son doing? Uh, how's everybody doing there? I appreciate that, uh, uh, Jamie. Uh, uh, as far as Kevin goes, um, he, had con- he had screwed up his knee in a skiing accident. He has not been able to have surgery on that yet because of the virus. Then he contacted the virus, but the virus is behind him now, and while good. he's still cooped up in his home, uh, things are moving in the right direction, and everybody's attitude is good. That's awesome. Uh, great news there. Coach, is one of the top business minds in the world, how do you see things unfolding? And, and I know you can't give us definitive answers. Nobody really can. But how long, in your estimation, do you think it will be inter- until America returns to its feet? 
I think, well, we'll return to our feet, I think, sometime probably the fall. But I think before we kind of get back to normal, we've got to find, a, we've got to find, uh, we've got to find an actual vaccine that really works here. And that could very well still be about a year away. So uh, we will start to improve. We'll start to bring people back to work. Probably happens over the summer sometime. I know people are talking about it now, Las Vegas, Georgia, et cetera. But that's going to take some time. So the bottom line is we need to be patient. We'll work out okay on this, but we need to be patient. And we've seen the market, uh, Coach, in terms of the resurgence. It's been up. It's been down. What will it take, in your opinion, to achieve the high numbers that we had over a month ago back in the market? And uh, many folks want to know this in terms of uh, the play of the market. What do you think? Yeah, I think we hit the high in the market around February 19th, and the S&P was probably at 3390 uh, you know, it's around 2,900 now or 2,800, something around, something around that. I think for us to get back to the all-time highs, Jamie, we've got to make some real progress as far as, the, the as far as COVID-19 goes. Because if we don't do that, the economy isn't going to be rebounding quickly enough. So we've got to solve concerns and health problems with regard to the virus. And then the economy starts to settle down. People go back to work. We have, we have demand coming back and those things will bring us back but you know in, in my opinion getting back to the market highs is probably a solid year away okay what have you missed the most we know you try to stay active of course you love the golf when you can and i know uh, many people are waiting for more books from you you've been a, an accomplished uh, speaker an accomplished author you've done so much what's been on your mind lately what have you uh, been doing to keep uh, occupied in terms of that aspect, and what are you doing, uh, what are you most missing out of all the things we're missing on a day-to-day basis? Well, I think a couple of things. One, because of the volatility in the market, I am paying attention to that every day, number one. I try to get a workout in each day. And, um, and what my, my sons have been doing with me recently have been uh, we playing online poker. And we do that yeah. with Zoom, and that has been fun. <laughs> We've had a few sessions in a row, and so far I'm down 112 bucks. Wow. Okay, so that's not too bad, not too bad. Um, bad. There you go. (laughs) Depends on your point of view there. Some folks are talking about a possible recession with the loss of jobs. It's been just uh, terrible to watch after, uh, you know, things are going so great. What do you think in terms of how are we going to come out of this? What do you see in terms of a long-term recovery plan? Well, number one, we are in a recession, period. I mean, we are in a recession. There's not a maybe about that. We've got... Uh, millions of people unemployed. Uh, we've got earnings prospects going down pretty much across the board. The majority of, of the sectors within the S&P 500 are really getting hurt. But we are in a recession right now. We're in a recession. And I'd go back to what I said a little bit earlier, Jamie, that, you know, that if we can solve and really start to make real progress, and it's improving. It's improving. No question about that. But if we start to make real progress with regard to the virus, everything else starts to come back into play. Okay. You're listening to the Joe Mowgli Report, brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on Sports 106.1. And Coastal Carolina, which is a sponsor of Joe Mowgli Report, is much like every other college out there. They're reliant on football revenues. Do you feel in your heart of hearts that we will play college football in 2020? And if so, when and how do you think it's going to look for the fans? I believe we will. I believe we will. You know, there's a lot of talk about beginning professional sports college sports but not having any fans there initially so so you'd be able to watch things either streaming or televised 
but there are a lot of things going on here. So, for example, one of the things the NFL I know is discussing, I don't mean they're going to do this, but they may push everything back until January. Um, you know, baseball wants to come back sometime this summer. Basketball wants to come back sooner than that. So uh, there are a lot of things going on that have to fall into place yet. But if I had to bet, I, would, I, I do believe that we're going to have college football this fall. That's great. In terms of college athletes and staff, having been a Division One head coach, when you look at uh, all the things that you went through as a coach, how do you feel that game planning, keeping players engaged, how is it going to happen, Coach, now? It's got to be harder than ever, I would think, for uh, not only Coastal, but all, all the teams out there dealing with this. Well, I think the one thing that all college sports are doing now is they have, you know, we have an opportunity to recruit. There's plenty of, plenty of, of time to be able to communicate with, with, with potential prospects. So from, a, from, from that perspective, that's actually a plus. Having said that, you still don't get a chance to actually visit with or see, or, or see the prospects. But I know with regards to Jamie Chadwell and our football program, uh, the guys have already put together tentative game plans and scouting reports of all the opponents that we're going to play this coming year. And uh, so they've already done that. So they've got a head start on that. They know exactly what uh, preseason practice is going to look like, assuming we have that. So, so we're going to be as prepared as we have ever been when the season starts. But, but there's going to be so much enthusiasm when that happens, everything else will fall into play. Coach, tonight, uh, the NFL Draft, it's the first sporting event in nearly 43 days. Uh, what are you most looking forward to tonight about the draft in terms of the overall aspect? I think the fact that it's just so exciting. I'm, it's going to be very interesting to, to, to actually see what the draft is going to be like when you don't have people in the room. And, you know, the networks have always done a great job of getting out and making sure you're watching people's faces and all those things. But it would be interesting to see how they handle that, number one. Number two, I think it would be interesting to see what happens with Tua. Um, you know, what, what I've always been fascinated on draft day is the last-minute trades that wind up taking place. You know, is there a trade for him where he winds up with the Patriots? And thirdly, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do directly now with the draft, but, you know, compensation is being impacted all over the world. And what's going to happen to bonuses? So is a first-round pick going to make the same this year as he did a year ago? Uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens. That's not going to happen tonight. Now, I know you've had a chance to look at some of the players, and you see Chase Young, the outstanding uh, defensive end from Ohio State. The Redskins are sitting there at number two. If you're the guy, Coach, uh, what do you do? Do you take a guy that could really uh, change our fortunes from a defensive standpoint for the Redskins and Redskins fans, or do you try to package that up? Do you think that's a guy you really want to stick with? He obviously has all the skill level and everybody says could be the generational-type player. Uh, would you move off of that, Coach, or, or what do you think in regards to Chase? If, you? I, if I had a – I'd be better be able to answer that question, Jamie, if I had a real understanding of the strengths and weaknesses and everything that's going on with the Redskins, number one. Having said that, no, they should not uh, – they, they, they should not draft Young. The guy that they should draft is Sterling Johnson from Coastal Carolina. <laughs> okay. Wow, why did I feel that was coming? Sterling Johnson is going to be number two, not Chase Young. Okay, uh, Coach, the country went from the greatest economic numbers on record to now record unemployment, and we talked about uh, getting back. We know it's not going to be a quick fix scenario. Uh, what do you feel is the right approach to getting back on track? And under your leadership, if you were in charge, what would you do? What would, uh, or, or do you agree with what's going on right now? Well, I think with what's going on right now, remember, we've never gone through this before, so we don't really know what's exactly right and what's wrong, what's working, what's not working. 
We know, we know, number one, more people have to be tested, period. That's got to happen. But I think the idea of rolling it out, you know, if, if, if whether or not the timing is right right now, I don't know. But for some cities to start to open up, I think what happens is those cities are going to make some mistakes. But the other cities will learn from those mistakes. So what I think would be devastation is for the entire country to open up at once. So if we have a gradual rollout and get a better feel for what's going on and how it works, um, We'll learn from that and move forward. But, again, this is not going to be easy to do. We'll figure it out. You're listening to the Joe Mowgli Report, brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on Sports 106.1. It's now time of the show for the listener questions, and here we go. Tim from Apollo, Pennsylvania asks, Coach, with the market volatility, do you recommend taking out as much as you can financially or just leaving it in the bank until things start to come back? What would you do? Tim, I can appreciate him. I have friends that have taken taken all the money out of the market, and that, that, that that's a pretty gutsy call. You know, having said that, if you're doing that, it's a little bit more of a gamble. And what I would do is, as I as I said on the show before, I would take some off the table. I would trim into strength because so the markets do better. I would take something off the table, and then on weakness, I would start to put that by back in. So rather than be all in or all out, I would do it that way. All right. Dolores from Phoenix, Arizona asked, Joe, what percentage of retirement funds should I place in the stock market? She says, I don't want to put too much or too little. What are your thoughts in regards to a balanced plan? Well, the younger you are, Dolores, you know, the more you should have in there. And, you know, the older you are, the more you want to think about it from a little bit more of a conservative perspective. But I think one, the one strategy that has always worked over time is dollar cost averaging. So you figure out if, whether it's $10 or whether it's $1,000 a month, you know, can, you put that in every month or you put it in every quarter. Or if you really don't have too much, well, then how much can you, can you put in a couple hundred dollars a year? But when you do that regularly over a period of time, you're going to catch the markets up and you're going to catch the markets down, but uh, the, the ups and the downs. But over time, over time, you know, you will be better off. All right. Dave from Lexington, Kentucky asked, Coach, uh, stocks and investments are one thing. Uh, I know you recommend those, but he's trying to buy small apartment complexes for a rental property. He's wondering uh, your thoughts on real estate as an option in terms of investments. Do you like that strategy from Dave from Kentucky? You know, my cousin is a really very bright guy. thinks real estate is the absolute place to go right now. And my daughter has some real estate properties as well. The real estate's not easy. I, having said that, I do think that there will be some great opportunities to buy some real estate at depressed levels over the span of the next year or so. I don't know what the timing is on that. So real estate can be a great business. You need to have great credit because you need to be able to, to leverage yourself. Uh, but you need to know what you're doing. All right. Uh, Coach Robert from Alexandria asks you, we've never faced what we're facing now, and his kids are struggling with being furloughed. How can the average American often lives paycheck to paycheck prepare for the unexpected? I go back to what I said a little while ago. You do what you can. You know what? When you live in paycheck to paycheck, because I've lived that way half of my life, it's very, very difficult to be able to put money away to save. And uh, so if if that's the case, you've got to recognize that you're going to be going through hard times. You've got to look at your budget. You've got to understand what you're going to cut out. If you can save anything at all, you've worked on saving that. But you don't wait until the crisis. You try to get that done ahead of time. But at the end of the day, that's not a simple situation. That's why, by the way, the government is trying to do what they're doing now. And those checks are supposed to be going to those families 
that are in that situation. If they're still working, I would take those checks and I'd put them right in the bank. All right. Great advice. Sarah from Waco, Texas, asked Coach Moglia, I know there are no sure things in the investing world, but do you have a recommendation for stock types that we can invest in that will allow us confidence that we might not make a ton of money, but conversely, not lose a ton either? I'd say three things, Sarah. I said, number one, I think, you know, you look at some of the solid blue chip stocks, like a Berkshire Hathaway that Warren Buffett runs. You know, over long periods of time, they're going to be good, and they'll usually hang in there when the market goes down because they're so diversified, and they're blue-chip-type companies. That's one. But secondly, if you watch what's, you know, really led us the last decade or so and what's leading us now is the technology area. And the last time I was on, or a couple of weeks ago, I recommended ARK, A-R-K, which is actively managed uh, ETFs, and um, I would look at those. All right. And, Coach, I have one question for you. In regards to the college players getting drafted tonight, and once again, the draft, this is our segue here, right here on Sports 106.1, 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We can't wait tonight. And uh, in terms of the college players tonight getting drafted, what's the best advice that you will give players that you used to have and ones tonight that will become instant millionaires in terms of investment strategies? You know what they miss right away almost? It's make-believe. It's usually a number. Somebody want, and I recognize the numbers can be much bigger than this, but let's just use a million dollars. Get a million-dollar bonus. And they're told, well, you've got to make sure you save some. But, you know, they're going out, they're buying a new car, they're buying two new cars, they're buying jewelry, they're buying whatever they're buying. And what, over time, they wind up spending $750,000. And they think that, you know, they've done pretty well because they, in their heads they think they saved $250,000. What they need to get in their heads right away, right up front, you cut that number in half because of taxes. So if your million dollars really only winds up five hundred, and you should really so spend seven fifty, you've really lost. Not lost, but you're you're in hot for two hundred fifty grand, and as opposed to having saved two hundred fifty grand, they got to be super super sensitive about taxes and only think about the after tax dollars. Coach, I was thinking over the last few weeks, so we need to go in business. We need to have the Joe Moglia uh, financial advice app, and that way. You can send out daily memos to everybody and messages uh, because I think that's a that's a big winner there, Coach. These folks love this advice, and I tell you, really appreciate it here. And a lot of people are hunkered down at home, and the fact you're giving some great advice about some things we really need help with. Um, it's well, get, now the get time. Get on that, Jamie. Let's go, Jamie. Get on that. What yeah, else? You have yeah, to there do? you go, Ben. Let's make a that. note of that. By the way, yeah, we've got it. So um, Ben's writing that down. We're going to work that as soon as the show is over. Uh, it's now the time of the show we most look forward to, the Joe Mowgli Report, brought to you by Coastal Carolina, heard exclusively here on Sports 106.1. It's the time where Coach gives us some financial advice and other advice as well. Coach, what do you have for us this week? You know, I think the markets have continued to, to, to show really good strength. We've had a good recovery over the span of the last couple of weeks. Uh, but again, I think we're not – the worst of this is still, I think as far as the economy goes, is still going to be ahead of us. I would still look at trimming into strength. Now, one of the things I talked about, uh, good investment, uh, well, what, quite a while ago was gold. Now, gold has had such an incredible run here. I would trim a little gold. But long term, with what's going on in the United States and the world and what's going on, with, I think, think having, having gold is a good thing. But if I own gold now and I bought it right, I'd like to trim some of that. And I'd be a little, a, a little careful about not being too much of a buyer in here in strength. Coach, we love having you on the show, as you know, and uh, any words for us? I know that your leadership is 
world-renowned in terms of what you do on the financial side, the business side, but also the human side. And we know how much you care about your fellow man. What advice would you give us again this week in terms of uh, keeping positive, staying positive in uncertain times and uh, a thought ahead to a better day? You know, Jamie, for most of us, we've never quite had this type of time. And I think, frankly, one of the things we need to do is still be appreciative of what we do have. Number two, I think this is a great time to really kind of understand who you are. The concept part of BAM that is called spiritual soundness. Most people really don't quite know who they are, and that's something to really spend some time on. So if we go through this and each of us doesn't have a, a better feeling of what our real true strengths are. Who am I really? What kind of father am I? What kind of brother am I? What kind of executive am I? What kind of coach am I? What kind of friend am I? Um, uh, It's an opportunity lost. So one, I would still be grateful in terms of who we are and what we have. But then the other thing, I would really take this opportunity to think about who I am really in my life and who do I want to be going forward. Great advice, Coach, as always. And real quick, before we had a break, you say Sterling Johnson might be the pick at two instead of Chase Young. This could be breaking news, Coach. <laughs> well, I think that well, I don't know for sure, but I would take you know probably probably pretty good odds on that. I guess probably got to be a thousand and one. Hey, but yeah, I'd something put like that. Bucks on a thousand and one. Yeah, I'll put twenty five bucks on that. R- real I'm quick, down thirty twelve dollars to my but to my sons. I told you so. What something tells bucks? me. Something tells me you might be able to cover that 112. I'm just thinking outside the box here. Hey, Sterling Johnson, a name you just mentioned, and I know you were joking with us, but uh, this young man, you expect him to go uh, early, mid? When do you expect him to go? I I think think Sterling has a shot in in, in later rounds. He's a good athlete. He he has good speed. He's he's a big guy, and he's had a couple good seasons. He actually transferred to our place from Clemson. I think he has a shot in the later rounds. If he doesn't go in the later rounds, know he'll be a grab somebody as a special free agent all right well listen coach continued health to you uh we love having you and thank you for all the great advice today and uh, we'll talk to you soon you be safe and take care of yourself and your family jamie to you and ben and your families and to, to all all of your fans everybody be safe thank you so much the great Joe Moglia, of course chairman td ameritrade as well as former coach at coastal carolina and i'm telling you what guys uh, we're so honored to have him because he gives us such unique perspectives and those advice tips he gives you on finances. Uh, you're not going to hear from anybody better than him and he knows it all. And we just are so blessed to have him be a part of our show. We're going to take a time out. We're coming right back to close it out and talk more about tonight's exciting NFL draft heard right here on sports one Oh six one. And we've got a vignette for you to listen to. Jeff Okuda cornerback, Ohio State. After Martinez, he's back to throw. Now being chased by Chase Young, throws middle of the field. Intercepted the 50-yard line by Ohio State corner, Jeff Okuda at the midfield strike. The latest stud Buckeye corner, Okuda has the size and speed that NFL teams covet. He's the best cover corner in this draft, and it's not even close. And maybe most importantly, Okuda has the swagger you want for the position. Hi, this is Mike Singletary, former Chicago Bear, Hall of Famer. You're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. 
Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hi, sports fans. It's the sports king for the podiatry center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Back to pass Hurts, hits as he throws, takes a shot deep, looking for C.D. He caught it! How did he catch that? Touchdown! Wow! Lamb is a playmaker. 24 career catches of more than 40 yards while playing with three different Sooner QBs. He knows how to get open and then gobbles up yards after the catch. Fearless with strong hands, Lamb is great in traffic. One NFL comparison is DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, thank you very much, Ben Maitland, of course, providing the vignettes of the draft. C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. He was a great one at Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield, played for three quarterbacks at Oklahoma. Remember this about C.D. Lamb. Uh, He was with uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, now with the Ravens. Another great one-two combination. Lamb is a guy that will go early. Don't know where he's going to go, but we have heard that Justin Jefferson – could go to the Cowboys, the outstanding receiver from LSU, at 17 if the Cowboys stay there. The Cowboys also could potentially take Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State. If they do that, I think Jerry Jones has really uh, gone off uh, and done something that will really rock the entire organization with Jordan Love. You bring him in against Dak Prescott, then you've got a real problem. So they need to stay away from that drama. But if the Cowboys want to do it, they can do it. But uh, they might take somebody like um, Justin Jefferson. CeeDee Lamb, I think, will be gone by 17. But that's what's going to happen. Of course, the draft can be heard right here on Sports 106.1, and that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Sports 106.1. Cannot wait. Folks, I'm telling you, day 43, no sports. But tonight, the return of something positive in the world of sports. I am over the moon Every time Ben plays one of these vignettes, it's really exciting to hear about a player that could improve your team tonight, beginning right here, 8 o'clock. Don't forget, of course, Sports Phone with Big Al. He'll be recapping a lot of the top picks tomorrow right here on uh, Sports 106.1. He starts at 8 a.m. live till 10 a.m. I follow him 10 to 12, and then immediately follow me. It's Jim Rome in the jungle, Los Angeles, California, the site. And uh, Jim is coming up here in about a half an hour. He'll be going into the draft today as well. And don't forget tonight, so much is going to be different. 
And it'll really be sad because last year with Nashville, you saw the excitement in Nashville and the people in the streets and the parties and the music. And, man, it was just so exciting. What a difference a month or so makes. I mean, we've gone from the specter of something so great in Las Vegas, Nevada, to now tonight it's going to be, you know, a GM here, a coach here. Uh, and you'll see a split screen, and you'll hear the news, and you'll get excited at home, but you won't get to see the player shaking the commissioner's hand. You won't see the family. Uh, I mean, you may see a mom and dad kiss their son or give a hug, uh, but that might be about it because the families are large gatherings you won't see tonight by and large, and it's going to be very subdued in a lot of ways. But nonetheless, the excitement is there. The players' lives are going to change instantaneously. You go from a college kid uh, barely making enough to buy a pizza, and now you're going to be uh, or having enough to buy a pizza, and now you're going to be an instant millionaire. So that's going to happen. We do know that the Cincinnati Bengals have told the Miami Dolphins multiple times that they will not trade the number one pick. Joe Burrow is going lock, stock, barrel. It's done. Joe Burrow, number one pick. And I predicted that back on week two of the college football season. Yes. I want to give myself credit for that because I had him as a number one pick. I had him as a national champion, and I said he would win the Heisman. I nailed all three, and I love Joe Burrow. I've gone on record that I am such a fan of his. I think he's going to have a great NFL career. I think he's going to learn the system very quickly. Uh, he's a smart guy, scored a 34 in his Wonder League test. He's a guy that picks things up. He's already NFL ready. If you get some pieces around Joe Burrow, I think he can excel. Now, don't get your playoff tickets ready just yet in Cincinnati. It's going to take time. There is a learning curve. But Joe Burrow is a player that can elevate that franchise if he's protected and if he has some pieces. Two big ifs. So we'll see what, the, um, of course, the Bengals do tonight to get people around Joe Burrow to make him better. But the Dolphins have called on more than one occasion the past few weeks, but we're told by the Bengals, uh-uh, not going to do it. Miami has an NFL high three first-round picks at number five, number 18, and number 26. And it's been widely speculated that they want to move up in the earlier part of the round. The Dolphins also have a league-high 14 total selections in the draft. So the team, I think, and many of you think, that has called the Redskins and said, hey, we got a package deal for you, Miami Dolphins, 5-18-26. Would the Redskins move out of two to go to five and maybe take 18 to give up a Chase Young but pick up maybe an Isaiah Simmons if he was available. You don't get the player you want, but you get a player that's really, really talented, and then maybe you can get another pick or two as the Dolphins have 14 selections. So there's a lot of flexibility within that Dolphins organization, and it's something I think they should really take a hard look at if the Redskins phone rings and the Dolphins have the offer and it's the right offer, and they have plenty to offer in terms of picks and selections. Um Alabama, looking at Tua Tagovailoa at number five, potentially to the Dolphins. Last week, Chris Greer, the general manager for the Dolphins, said he's gotten to know Tagovailoa and uh, also Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon. Throughout this process, they're both interesting kids. My mailman's interesting as well. However, I'm not going to bring him in to lead my team. So they might be interesting, but are they interesting enough for you to pull the trigger? My take is you have a oft-injured Tua Tagalavoa that was 22-2, and two, a proven guy, a proven winner. So do you move up uh, and try to get it to two, or do you stay at five, take Tua, or do you take a taller version uh, guy, six foot 
five, six foot six, Justin Herbert, a guy that has a strong arm, is a leader, a pocket passer. Two has more athletic ability, in my opinion, and two is a winner. So you're kind of wrestling between the two, wondering which one is going to have the bigger impact. Now, if you get this wrong, it could set you back. We know this. We've seen it happen before. You had Ryan Leaf, who was an outstanding quarterback in college, and Peyton Manning, and people were going back and forth. Who should we take first? Who should we take second? Ryan Leaf's going to be a great one. Uh, We saw how that worked out. Didn't work out at all. So all the glitters is not gold, folks. Remember that in the NFL draft. Remember that saying tonight. All that glitters is not gold. What you see at the college level doesn't always transfer to the pro level. And it's one of those situations where you can say, well, he's a great college guy, but he doesn't play well in the pro. Sometimes it doesn't happen. What you were able to do at college, you can't always do in the pro level. And that's where guys miss out on. So you're trying to invest in somebody you feel has the intangibles to go to the next level and do that. So it looks without question that Joe Burrow is going to be the first pick. And then as Ben Maitland said on this program a few days ago that, um, he was talking about the Detroit Lions where everybody's saying there, their general manager Quinn has talked about the draft will start at pick number three. So does the action start at three? The draft scenario start changing at three or will it be at two riverboat run? He got that name for a reason, folks. He likes to gamble. He likes to look at things and say, maybe, maybe let's be open to the possibility. So if Ron Rivera's phone is ringing right now, Is he on with the Miami Dolphins? Is he talking about doing something to get multiple picks and change his franchise? Or is he standing pat saying, Jack Del Rio wants Chase Young. We're staying with Chase Young. He works perfect in our defense, and he's going to be the guy. There are strength in numbers, folks. Remember that. You have strength in numbers. The more picks you get, the stronger you get. I'm not saying Chase Young can't help lead us. But when you can multiply your picks and get key picks, and you got a Dolphins team with 14 of them, You can do some business, folks. You can do some business. So we're going to have to keep our eye on that. There is one team, and it's been widely reported, that has called the Redskins about a potential uh, packaging deal. we got to think maybe Miami, but it may be somebody else. So we are going to follow that closely. Also, as you heard uh, yesterday, they were talking about the Rob Gronkowski deal. Uh, He said he hinted two months ago that he was going to return possibly to the uh, side of Tom Brady, and they talked on the phone, and now it's official. So Gronkowski and Brady returning to Florida in the Tampa Bay team could not be more excited. The fans down there talked to somebody yesterday talking about the phone ringing off the hook in terms of the ticket offices. Uh, folks, if you're in that area and you want a ticket to a game, you better call it today because it, they're going to be selling out so fast. Um, this team is quickly changing. I heard one uh, – Heard from one fan that texted me said, hey, are we getting Edelman next down here? Are we going to get this guy down here? And so they're already thinking about that being like another extension of New England Patriots coming down there for Bruce Arians. So that's uh, being bandied about. Who else is going to join Tom Brady? Trust me when I say this tonight on the draft. Watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you had a few more key pieces around Tom Brady. Hey, it's a party. It's a party. And uh, they're going to have a lot of fun down there. The one thing about it is, Ronkowski is going to love playing for Bruce Arians because he's a player's coach where Bill Belichick kept those guys shackled and you couldn't say anything. You had to basically on to Cleveland type mentality. It's going to be different. Bruce Arians, he's going to give them a little more flexibility, allow them to be themselves a little more. And trust me, remember Tom Coughlin, 
the Giants coach, who was so militaristic in his views and the way that he handled the team. It wasn't until years later into his tenure there that Michael Strahan said, it wasn't until we went bowling with Tom and he loosened his grip on us and he wasn't. They said that uh, Tom Coughlin used to have Coughlin time. If you were 10 minutes early, you were late. Those type of military options coming in, and you felt that all the time as a team. It was so strict around those guys that they didn't like it. They revolted. They wanted to be treated like men, and they didn't feel like Coughlin always did that to them. When he took them bowling and did took them to the movies and did fun things with them and had family days and loosened up the reins, the team responded in kind. And next thing you know, the Giants went on to win Super Bowls because Coughlin changed. And that's one thing. I wasn't a fan of his early on because he, I thought he was too harsh on his players. But the fact that Tom Coughlin changed his methodology was part of his greatness because he saw that his way of being – that strict taskmaster didn't work. But then he goes down to Jacksonville, and he started being the tough guy again. And you saw what happened down there. They were revolting down there. So I don't think he really learned his lesson in New York. He should have. He should have seen and said to himself, you know what? What I did in New York, I changed the way I coached and perceived and talked to players, and it worked and led me to two world titles. I should do this in Jacksonville, but for some reason, Jacksonville, he forgot everything, and he got down there and started to be – a tough guy again, and next thing you know, he loses the team. Young players today don't mind being coached. They don't mind being treated like men, but they don't want to be, uh, you don't want to feel like you're being penned in to the point you can't breathe. And I think Gronkowski was feeling that in New England to the point where, yes, he was successful, but couldn't really enjoy it because you got a coach there that really takes a lot of fun out of it. Nothing against Belichick's performance, folks. The record speaks for itself. One of the all-time greats, but you also have to say, do you enjoy winning with a guy like that? You love winning, but do you enjoy it really? Because uh, the minute they win a ball game, you get to celebrate a little bit, but he's really on to the next thing and on to the next thing. So it's going to be interesting, but I think you'll see Rob Gronkowski coming out of his shell down there with Tampa, and Bruce Arians is a coach that will bring out the best in those players, and that team is going to be really, really talented, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Keep your eye on them. So – Draft night tonight, a little over eight hours from now. I know where I'll be. Where will you be? Where are you going to be watching this? Your basement, your favorite room. Uh, you have family members that are going to be there. Of course, social distancing. Everybody's practicing that. Uh, give us a call, 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. And, uh, folks, we do know Joe Burrow is on his way to Cincinnati. That's going to be something we know is going to happen. Uh, a quick funny story about Tom Brady. Uh, he went down to uh, Tampa and, of course, spent 20 years in New England. And this past week, he was told he couldn't work out in a downtown Tampa park because of the coronavirus. And he planned to visit the home of offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, the former Jacksonville quarterback. Well, Brady walked into the home next to Leftwich's house and just walked in and put his bags down. And the homeowner looked at him and re he realized quickly he was in the wrong home. So, Tom Brady uh, breaking and entering, more or less. I guess Leftwich said, come on in. And so Brady thought he was going into the right house, went into the wrong house. And they say that he was so embarrassed that he grabbed his stuff and got out of there quickly. So funny story there, uh, Tom Brady uh, going into the wrong home. But he did find the right home, and they had a great meeting. So uh, Brady already working on the offensive plan for the Buccaneers. And uh, 
we have a note. Uh, the Patriots have signed, uh, here we go, Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Marquise Lee has signed a one-year deal, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter on uh, uh, a few minutes ago, Lee became a free agent April 20th when he was released by the Jaguars. Lee, 28, has battled injuries throughout his career. Never became the game-changing player the Jaguars hoped he would be. He is now going to New England, and uh, this situation looks like it's going to be a four-year contract with $34 million, $16.5 million guaranteed. And uh, the Jaguars drafted Lee with the 39th pick in uh, 2014. He has battled injuries throughout his career, missing nine games. So Marquise Lee on his way to New England. So that's interesting there. And uh, a signing that they need to put around Jared Stidham, the quarterback, or will it be Brian Hoyer? We still don't know that. Um, we also have news out of Arizona. The president uh, of the University of Arizona, Robert Ro uh, Dr. Robert Robbins, said on Wednesday that he does not anticipate the Arizona Wildcats playing football this fall, even though the university plans to bring students and faculty back to campus for face-to-face -face instruction during the fall semester. Uh, in an interview on KVOI AM in Tucson, Robin said he's worried about the intercollegiate sports uh, getting back to normal after the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, he said, quote, I'm really concerned about whether we're going to be playing football in the fall, unquote. Robbins told the radio station, went on to say, my sense right now is I just don't see that happening. So um, one big worry, folks. I, I just uh, talked with Coach about this. Coach Moglia, I am worried about uh, major college football and all college football in terms of the timing. Will we get back and will they be able to play? Because all of the revenue, majority of the revenue of the major universities and most universities comes from the football programs. And then it is spread to all the other teams, the soccer and the baseball and the gymnastics. Everybody else benefits from the football revenue. When you take that revenue away, it cripples universities. So, we are interested in that, and hopefully that's Dr. Robbins from Arizona, the president uh, of Arizona University, is wrong. We hope football returns for the sake of the economy of college football and the life of college football for the fall. So we'll follow up on this story, and uh, we will keep you posted. Don't forget, eight hours away, about eight hours and 15 minutes. Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. We're going to take a timeout, come back and close it out. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Here is another vignette. Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. Burrow, play action, throws deep down the near side, looking for Jamar Chase, caught at the 15-yard line. He will waltz into the end zone. Touchdown, Tigers! A breakout 2019 and Tua Vailoa's hip injury catapulted Burrow to the top of draft boards. He has the swagger and the skills you want from a franchise QB. He sees the field well, throws with accuracy, and has elite pocket presence. Maybe he could be bigger, and yes, he only had one big season, but that big season was 65 touchdowns for the national champs. Hi, sports fans. This is former Washington Redskins quarterback and Super Bowl 26 MVP, Mark Griffin. You are listening to my favorite sports show, The Sports King, hosted by my great friend, Jamie King, on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. 
Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Albert. Bond to throw. Steps up into the pocket. Down he goes. Derek Brown got him. And he would not be denied on that one. A three-year starter, Brown finished his career as the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Natural strength plus quickness at the snap equal a disruptive force, especially against the run. Brown played mostly nose tackle for the Tigers, but can play anywhere on the line. If he improves as a pass rusher, he's a pro bowler. He could be a pro bowler. Welcome back, everyone. About eight minutes left to go in the show. Thank you, Ben Madeline, for putting together all of those great vignettes of the top picks in the draft tonight. I am so excited. The NFL draft, something to be excited about. Finally, 43 days without sports. But tonight, we get something we can hang our hat on and watch with excitement. 8 p.m. the noon, uh, 8 p.m. the midnight, I will be watching every minute of this. I cannot wait. We'll have a complete report tomorrow. Also, sports phone with Big Al and Ben in the morning. Don't want to miss that. He's going to recap the draft, and I will recap his recap, and then we'll go and have a complete day of looking at what our teams did. I do want to let you know the Redskins, of course, at number two. Folks, I'm hearing and getting texts. There are calls coming in right now to Redskin Park. Teams are moving up, trying to move up to two. I'm wringing my hands with excitement. Do they stay at two? Do they move out of two? Uh, what do we need if you're a Redskin fan? Wide receiver. The Redskins have a thin wide receiver. We have no number one wide receiver. We have Terry McLaurin. He's a great player. He's looking good. He's a guy we can hang our hat on, but he is not the number one guy here. We need a, a game breaker, somebody at the wide receiver uh, position. Could we get a C.D. Lamb? Could we get a Justin Jefferson, a guy that could come in and really take the top off and really help elevate this receiving court? That is key. Number one, we need a number one receiver. Also tight end. Ron Rivera understands in the blocking game, also in a situation to help from a tight end position as far as receiving. We need somebody that can catch the football. Uh, of course, Logan Thomas, we got him. He's going to be a good blocker. He's not going to really uh, make anybody forget about Jordan Reed. We don't have Jordan Reed anymore. I think before the night is over, I'm expecting Trent Williams to go to Tampa. I'm expecting potentially getting a number one pick for him. But wouldn't it be something if we get a number one pick for Trent Williams and also get O.J. Howard somehow, some way, Hopefully, they're working on that. O.J. Howard would be the tight end from Tampa. If he could come to D.C., would be a great upgrade for us at the tight end position. Left tackle, of course, Trent Williams is going to be gone, so we need somebody to go in there and be the guy to protect the blind side. Don't know who's going to start a quarterback, but we need a left tackle. Uh, linebacker. The Redskins don't have a uh, real elite linebacker in terms of uh, a guy that can cover out of the backfield. We got Thomas Davis Sr., a guy that's a tackling machine. I'm excited about him. But we need uh, a linebacker coming to really make a difference. Mason Foster, um, he's been gone. We've got guys like uh, Ruben Foster. We don't know if he's going to come back, if he's going to be back with the team. Um, of course, Chase Young is a guy. Everybody talk uh, talks about him. Jeff Okuda. Michael Pittman is a guy that if we could get him in burgundy and gold, would be great. Uh, six foot four, two hundred twenty-three pounder. He's an NFL guy that has um, a father who played in the NFL for more than a decade. He knows his way around. A great receiver from uh, USC. Some other names: uh, tight end Adam Troutman from Dayton, six five, two hundred fifty-five pounder. Another guy. 
Sadiq Charles from LSU. A tackle is a guy that we might look at. So the Redskins, who don't have a second-round pick, that bothers me a lot. Second-rounders can really change your team's complexity. So I hope the phone is ringing. They say it's ringing off the hook at Redskin Park. Now, who's putting together deals? Can we get some twos and threes and extra threes and extra twos and maybe one extra one? If we can do it, I love Chase Young, and I hate saying this, but if we have to move off of him to improve this football team, if Riverboat Ron can work the phones and work his magic and get two in the first, one in the second, and pile up some second-round picks, this whole team could change like that. That's exciting. That's what I will be hoping for, something big coming out of Redskin Park. So here are the picks for the Redskins. They've got the first round, number two, uh, overall. The third round, so we have nothing in the second round, and that's going to really be terrible because the second round is really a big moving day for the Skins and for other teams teams that can help themselves so much in that second round. So many great players. We don't pick again until the third round. Pick number 66. Then we have to wait till um, round four at 108. And then we got round four, 142. Round five, 162. And round seven, 216. And round seven, 229. So uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks as it is now. Can you imagine if we could package and get five or six other top picks? in that first two to three round area. So that's what I'm looking for tonight. Can Riverboat Ron work the phones and work his magic to get us something? Or do we stay at number two and have to wait all the way until the third round? That would be really uh, upsetting, uh, to be honest, for a team in desperate need of upgrades. So the Skins sitting there at two, they've got all the power right now. It's just a matter of what you do. Do you get enough value for that to make the move and pull the trigger? We want to thank... Uh, first of all, Ben Maitland, my outstanding producer, putting together all these vignettes today and getting them out there. We really appreciate that. We want to thank uh, Dave Butts, the Redskin legend who was on with us in hour number one. Just absolutely incredible. Love hearing his stories. And, of course, uh, the great story that if you missed it, um, Joe Theismann, Mark Mosley, Dave Butts, three Redskin legends, would drive to the stadium together. And Dave Butts uh, had a little bit of a uh, tradition that he'd always drive over and uh, an animal, a dead animal, and he ran over a dead animal that's already in the road, and that was his superstition. And he said he got a lot of hate mail for that, but he said it worked, and it was something that was a tradition he did, and it helped the skins uh, in his mind. It helped his play. So it's something he did, and he had some funny stories about that and uh, stories about Joe Theismann and Mark uh, Mosley and how they all interacted, and uh, it was great catching up with Dave, one of the legends of the Redskins, number 65. And what a mountain of a man he was and still is. Uh, we love talking with him. Love catching up with Joe Mowgli, the chairman of TD Ameritrade, in hour two. Had great advice, financial advice. Hopefully you got that. If you missed it, you can listen on the podcast and hear that as well. Tonight, as we close out the show, the NFL draft can be heard right here. Sports 1061. Eight hours from now, Jim Rome is up next from the jungle in Los Angeles. But eight hours from now, it should be eight hours and a few minutes. We'll find out what the Redskins are going to do. Will it be a trade or will we stay at number two? I'm leaning towards them staying, but, man, if they could trade and package it up, it would be incredible. So that's the hope here. Tonight, the Redskins' fortunes could change for the foreseeable future. Maybe we'll get back and maybe we'll be worthy of going into the playoffs and maybe making a Super Bowl run if uh, we can do it tonight. So we'll see. For Ben, I'm Jamie. Have a great rest of your day. NFL Draft right here tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.